Hello, this is Calvin Driscoll, and I want to welcome you to the Real Leaders Podcast. This podcast is specifically designed to equip you with godly leadership skills that can be applied to all areas of your life. Throughout this podcast, my dad, Pastor Mark Driscoll, will be sitting down with some world-renowned pastors and ministry leaders to learn what it really means to be a real leader. For more content like this, we encourage you to visit realfaith.com. Now enjoy today's Real Leader Podcast. Howdy, Pastor Mark Driscoll here with the uh, Real Leaders Podcast. And what I want to do is uh, a multi-part series just talking about what is Christianity and the church look like post-COVID? What is the post-COVID church? And uh, this will be a series of short videos, and it comes from dealing with experts in marketing, fundraising, real estate, legal, pastors of networks, denominations, lots of conversations. And I believe that we're in the middle of a a tectonic shift in the church, especially in the Western world. I think the last two years of COVID was like a snow globe that got shook. Everything goes up and it's in the process of settling, but it's not yet settled. And one thing is for sure, we're just not going back to normal. Two years ago, we had I think it was 15 days to flatten the curve. Well, let's just say we flattened everything but the curve. We flattened the economy and we flattened the church. And a lot of churches are really struggling. So uh, I wanna give you some encouragement and just a, a few details about what may be forthcoming for the church of Jesus Christ. What does the church look like post COVID? What is the post COVID church? And uh, in, this, uh, in this podcast, I just wanna talk a few minutes about governance. And the problem with most church governance is that it's built for peacetime and not wartime. So everything works until it doesn't work and then it really doesn't work. And churches that have a slow, cumbersome governance process, uh, the last two years were just a beat down for the leaders starting with the senior pastor and his family. It used to be that the big would eat the small, now it's the fast eat the slow. And if it takes a long time for a decision to get made, then the window of opportunity is missed. Um, It's almost like in a football game, a quarterback, you know, sees an open receiver and there's a narrow tight window to complete that pass or you're a hunter out in the blind and, you know, here comes an elk into your sight. You've got a window for the shot. And once you miss that window of opportunity, it's gone. And a lot of churches the past few years, quite frankly, their governance structure meant that they couldn't move quickly and they couldn't avail themselves to opportunity. And so I was talking to uh, an attorney from one of the, uh, the largest firms in America, perhaps the largest firm in America, dealing with the highest number of churches and networks and denominations. And I asked him, I said, well, you're behind the scenes and in the board meetings and dealing with governance and documentation. What, what are you seeing? He said, the smaller the board, the better the odds, the survival of the church. And it used to be that church government was really more of a representative. So we need somebody from this department and this life stage and this special interest group and this single issue voting block for their ministry or issue. And and then it really functioned more like a senatorial or a congressional caucus. And let me just tell you this, if you build your governance at church like we built our American governance, you're gonna get a church that looks like America. And right now that's not a good thing. And so what he said was that the churches that had, uh, number one, really cleaned up their governing documents. And a lot of churches don't go back, look at their articles of incorporation, their bylaws. Um, They don't go back until there is a crisis. And they're like, where are they? And then they realize we're out of compliance or they're completely out of order. And uh, the attorney said that 
um, that upwards of 15% of churches in America right now are just flat out dead. And, and that may shock you, 40% are basically on life support. 40% are surviving, 5% he said are thriving. And it's not dissimilar to what we saw even in the resta restaurant industry on Yelp. They said that uh, the majority of the restaurants that closed for COVID um, have died or will die. And, uh, and the point is this, that just the assumption that we will continue is really a presumption on the grace of God. And he said that for those churches that had died and come to that conclusion that they were gonna have the vote to never vote again, that it was taking them six to 12 months just to legally get themselves into the position to actually make a vote, to make a decision. Do we dissolve and give away the asset? Do we merge with another church? What do we do? Their governance was so out of kilter and sorts. They were so out of compliance with their bylaws that it takes six to 12 months to fix all of that just to decide who gets to make the decision. Well, if that's the case, uh, that is catastrophic. One of the most painful examples he gave me was uh, a church he was working with that'll remain unnamed, uh, but it's, it's not an isolated case where the church had died and they don't even have a functional governance to make a decision. And so the pastor who wants to preserve the asset of the church property is spending for the legal fees to clean up the governing mess out of his own pocket just to keep the church uh, in stewarding the resource as well. And this poor guy's probably not even getting a salary. I mean, it's just catastrophic. And so um, governance is a gift that is rarely listed in the New Testament. Um, it is spoken of, but outside of the New Testament usually isn't. If you look at spiritual gifts, usually governance doesn't make the list, but governance is a gift. Uh, the Bible says that the leaders of the church are to govern, they're to oversee, and an overseer is a governor. And what happens is that uh, leaders will work in the church, but governors work on the church. That leaders will implement and execute, but governing is about decision-making. And it is different. Um, some years ago, there, were, um, there was a business book that was written and two guys that gave the analogy were sitting on the dock and there's a huge cruise ship. And one guy looked at the other guy and he said, well, in relation to that boat, who is the most important person? And the other guy said, as most of us would, well, obviously it's the captain. He said, no, actually it's the boat builder because it doesn't matter how great the captain is. If you've built a bad boat, no good captain can overcome a, a boat that can't float. Governance is literally building the, blo building the boat. And then the senior pastor can be the captain of the ship and the rest of the leaders and staff uh, can be the staff on the ship. But the question is, who builds the boat? And, uh, and right now, what a lot of churches realized is, we didn't have a good boat builder. Uh, we didn't architect and design this church for stormy seas. It did really well just sitting in the dock tied up. But once COVID hit and we have the debate between make America great again and Black Lives Matter and we're throttled on social media and you know our governor is opening or closing, our attorney general is complying with CDC or not and we've got board wars and we've got political wars and we've got polarization and politicization of every single issue. It's just the, the, the pastor's at the helm going, I can't, I can't make this boat float and that's governance. And so the couple of things that probably are really important to note is you really need to take a good, long, hard look at your governance. And if it is built after anything other than the basic architecting principle of the Bible of singular headship and plural leadership, you've got a crisis. 
And the governance of God Trinity is that the Father is the head, the Father, Son, and Spirit are plural leaders. In the home, the husband is the head, the husband and the wife are plural leaders. So the Bible says to honor and obey your mother and father. And so governance in the church should follow the governance of the kingdom and of the home, singular headship, plural leadership. There needs to be a leader. Now there needs to be plural leaders so that they bring wise counsel and plural leaders so that they bring accountability, but somebody still needs to lead. Um, imagine a football game where it took uh, you know 18 people to decide what play to call you know, at the line of scrimmage. That team would lose every single game, every single season. And um, I was talking to one church recently and they're, they're struggling and they're looking at dying and they're trying to figure out, can we get a new pastor? Can we get an injection of cash? Can we merge with someone? They're one of those churches that are really having a hard time. And I, they said, could you come in and talk with us and maybe sketch out our possibilities? I said, yeah, I'd be happy to do so. I said, how many how many people are in the church? They said, oh, there's like 70 or 80. I said, how many people are on the board? They said, 18. I'm like, first of all, 18 people can't be making the hardest decisions and 18 people can't come to agreement. And if your governing board is too big and too cumbersome and too slow, uh, then ultimately you're never going to come to a decision. You're gonna to come to a compromise. And if you wanna know what a compromise looks like, just look at American government. Uh, everybody has their uh, pet project, their specialization, their interest, and they really don't care about the whole. So what you end up with is just a series of bad decisions. And so um, the first thing that we have learned in COVID and during this last two years, which is really a masterclass in leadership, is uh, you, you better build a thing for stormy seas. You better build the organization for war. Uh, you better build it to be able to pivot uh, when opportunities and obstacles arise. And the truth is that uh, a smaller board with a clearly delineated leader who is the head has a higher probability of survival. So I did ask this attorney um, that I was talking to, I said, uh, of the 5% of churches that are thriving, they're actually growing pre-COVID. Um, I said, what is the common variable? They said, a small governing board, clean, simple organizational structure, and a clear leader who can make decisions quickly. I said, okay, what are you seeing on the 15% of churches that are dying and or, the, uh, or dead, and then the 40% that are on life support? They said, uh, the pastor is the teacher, not the leader. There is not a clear head who is the singular point of authority. Uh, the senior pastor usually doesn't have decision-making authority and power. And, um, and as a result, things move very slow. And they said, uh, and in those situations, it's, it's hard to even get the board together because during COVID, it's like, hey, let's all get together. And half the board is freaked out and says, no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, those who are on the board have their own families, their businesses, their responsibilities. The church is their second thing, not their first thing most of the time. And they have so much crisis and upheaval in their personal and professional life that they don't even have time and energy to really focus on what is the best need for the church. And in addition, what we saw in governance is the poor pastor oftentimes is implementing decisions that they completely disagree with. And then they're getting criticized by people in the church for decisions that they didn't make and don't agree with. So I know pastors that wanted to be open and the board made them close. And the people are hammering that pastor on social media because they're closed. And the pastor is at home going, well, if I got to make the decision, we'd be open. But the board voted and I got overturned and now I'm getting criticized for decisions I can't make and don't agree with. And so 
ultimately, at the end of the day, if you're going to call the shots, you're going to take the shots. But it's really unfair for a governance structure to say, we all make bad decisions and we put the pastor out there and we let him get criticized for the decisions that we make and we don't give him the authority opportunity to actually make decisions. So uh, next episode, we'll talk about more. But uh, the post-COVID world, one of the things that most churches are realizing is our governance is just broken. It doesn't work. Uh, the way we make decisions, the way we nominate leaders, the, the, the way we execute on opportunities, it just doesn't work. And if you love the church, you've got to really look at the governance issue. And if you've got a legalism in this area, uh, legalism always works until it runs headlong into something called reality. And we've done that for two years. We hope today's message impacted you and they will continue to bless your life and legacy for generations to come. For more Real Leaders content, visit realfaith.com slash real leaders. And to sign up to get Real Leaders content straight to your inbox, visit realfaith.com slash sign up.